Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, welcome to another show. It is Shira and Ryan. Ooh, it's me. I'm yes. Ryan. And I'm Shira. Even though yesterday we had some... Um... We had a guest on that cat, like literally entered the, the. I don't know if y'all noticed that she was like, "Hey, ladies." Well, you know, you're queen. First of all, <laughs> I go by he him pronouns. That's true. Um, but you know, I do say she, and I do sound like a she her sometimes, which I never got because how you, you not? Just... Well, it's because you're looking at me. Yeah, even I'm trying to close my eyes and think. I just can't do okay, it. Okay, close your eyes. Hi, yeah. hi, Shira. How no. you doing? I mean, I mean now this my voice age, is higher than yours. This day and age, though, with pronouns, like I wouldn't like assume anything. But at the same time, like I act like we were in two thousand six. I feel like you do sound like a, a woman. Guy. I do feel like you just sound like a guy with like a fun voice. <laughs> <laughs> It's like raspy and fun. Oh God! Okay. I mean, I don't know. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to know. I'm too biased now. Yeah, anyway. I think you are. I don't think it works with you anymore. Anyway, uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. More music, of course. Stick around for that. Plus, the teacher shortage that is sweeping the U.S. It's causing quite the concern during this back-to-school season. And is it time for another COVID booster? All those answers on the show today. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Right now. Alan Weiselberg, the former chief financial officer of the Trump Organization, pleaded guilty today to his role in a 15-year-long tax fraud scheme. And as part of the deal, he has agreed to testify against former President Donald Trump's real estate company at trial. Ooh. Oh, this could get juicy. This is wild. I mean, maybe this is what we've been waiting I for. I know filmmakers are so ready to like make a movie about all of this. And it's just like, please... Think about it. Don't We don't need it. We're living it right now. Right, we do not need does. to watch this five to ten years from now. Please. No, thank you. What is it, like the true American crime story or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like Ryan Murphy, sit down. Put the pen down. Yeah. Well, Judge Bruce Reinhardt announced the possible public release of a heavily redacted version of the affidavit for the search at Mar-a-Lago. Prosecutors will have the opportunity to propose redactions and explain why each piece of information needs to be kept from the public eye. Those proposals will be due next Thursday. And uh, here is attorney for ABC and the Wall Street Journal, Dina, uh, Diana, sorry, Shulman. Can the government meet that burden? Can they show, for example, that releasing certain information contained in those materials would justify 
uh, or severely impede the investigation, would cause the revelation of confidential informants or confidential witnesses, or somehow so hinder the investigation as to jeopardize the safety and security of it. I feel good about today's hearing. Judge Reinhardt seemed to have a very good uh, sense that it is his job as the gatekeeper in this case to perform his function of balancing the interest in the public of accessing these materials against the interest in the government in keeping them secret. All right. Uh, And finally, Twitter has added a know the facts feature to guide users to accurate information about monkeypox after a push from Glad, and they are encouraging other platforms to do the same. The panel takes users to information from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It comes up when anyone uses monkeypox or MPV as a search term. Mm. Very cool. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right. One Hollywood actor is quitting social media because of his mental health. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, the comedian. I mean, one who you would think is always in high spirits, but he's also been very open about his weight loss, what he thinks, you know, what he hears in the media and how it impacts him. Well, he is cutting ties between him and his fans. He has decided to delete his Instagram account this week, but it's unclear Mm. if he removed it before or after his candid letter discussing his nearly 20-year battle with anxiety attacks. Now, um, he said this, um, and he wrote a statement to Deadline regarding his lack of promotion for his upcoming documentary, Stuts, which details his um, mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. He says, I've come to the understanding that I've spent nearly... 20 years experiencing anxiety attacks, which are exuberated by media appearances Mm. and public-facing events. He said, if I made myself sicker by going out there and promoting it, I wouldn't be acting true to myself or to the film. With this letter and with Stutz, I'm hoping to make it more normal for people to talk and act on this stuff. Huh. He did say... um, He was like, he wants people to be able to take steps towards feeling better and so that the people in their lives might understand their issues more clearly. Okay. I mean, I do feel like, I do feel like people are saying like, I'm hoping to make this more normal for people to talk about. But I I do feel like we are entering into a stage where more and more people are talking about their mental health and not just celebrities. I think it's happening across the board. And so like, yes, I'm happy he's doing what he needs to do for himself. um, But I'm also like, People are talking about, it and I'm happy that you're taking the time that you need. Yeah, and and that's a big deal to say you're going to, you know, not do any promotion as well, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, I get it though. P- uh, promotion and doing those press tours that is high anxiety. People are always yeah. trying to get that sound bite. And the, it's one of those things where, especially with Jonah Hill specifically, he's always someone who's like, I feel like people at, talk to him about his weight a lot. Which is disgusting. Everything can be very triggering. And I think that's a huge trigger, right? It takes like a certain type of person to do this well and enjoy doing that. Yeah. Right? And so I get that at the same time. It's like when you have a movie, it's like a project, it's like a startup, it's like a company. So you're telling me that you're not going to promote your company that your face is on. Yeah. It's like someone needs to. And it's not just like it's a film, it's like a documentary about him. Yeah, you know, uh, well, he's, but he's a, he backs it, he supports it, right? He does support it. Because you know what? Yeah, that yeah, happened they, with Russell Brand. Yeah. Uh, someone we know, Andy Timoner, did a documentary on, on Russell Brand. And they were supposed to be at South By together. Mm. Last minute, Russell, after seeing the film, decides that it's too much for him. He's too triggered by it and decides to pull out of all PR around it. After 
working with her to release the movie. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, and so pulls out of South by Southwest. Why would you see it that late in the game? Or I don't know, just realize like it's too triggering because it talks a lot about his addictions and all that, which is part of his life. Yeah. But instead of him being like, I support it, he like got all weird about it, like not maybe supporting her vision of him maybe because she had final say. Wow. Because I know her as a filmmaker. She does that. If you're doing a documentary on someone, it can't be a fluff piece. You need to like let go to someone really telling your story. But that's an interesting thing. Anyway. Yeah, and that's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Stick around for that. Next up, states are considering the teacher shortage a crisis. Why is this happening? We're getting some of those answers after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we go back to school, we're facing a major crisis. Teachers are leaving classrooms and not coming back. I mean, the numbers are crazy from this article uh, that we have from Vox.com. Are you ready for this? In Texas, teachers are... Um, you know, in Houston alone, reporting nearly 1,000 vacancies in early August. In Maryland, more than 5,500 teachers reportedly left the profession in 2022. Uh, Baltimore has an estimated 600 to 700 vacancies. These are just the beginning. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's it's not good out there. A mess. Yes. So joining us right now is Jackie Rodriguez, Vice President of Research Policy and Advocacy at the American Association of Colleges for Teacher Education. Thanks for being here. Hi, y'all. How are you? Uh, you know, we are well, but what's happening in the school system is pretty bad. And these numbers are just wild, but teacher shortages are nothing new, right? No, absolutely nothing new. We've been seeing these perennial shortages for decades now, especially in high needs areas. Special education, English as a second language, foreign languages, even in STEM areas. The problem is right now, not simply because of the pandemic, but a host of variables, including censorship and the like, we're seeing huge shortages across the country uh, for staffing, not just in teaching professions, but also school psychology and sociology, the people who are in schools um, supporting students and wraparound services. So it is bleak right now. Yeah, and because it just seems like it's uh, it's a different type of dissatisfaction that teachers are experiencing right now with the the work and kind of the situations they're being put in. Can you talk a little bit about that? What is kind of having them in this moment say, no, we refuse to do what we really love the most? You know, I think that teachers actually want to be in classrooms. I 100% believe that every teacher, as a former special educator myself, wants to be with children, teaching and learning with them. I think the dilemma that you're talking about that we're all facing is this whiplash that teachers have faced, not just from the pandemic, but also the last several years of being told what to teach, how to teach, and what not to say in front of kids. And so we're talking about working conditions. We're also talking about censorship laws and regulatory processes that are keeping teachers from being able to come as their authentic selves into classrooms. And I think most teachers still want to be in the profession, but let's face it, we are looking at staggering salary um, that will not support new students coming into the field with student loans in particular. We're looking at teachers who've been in the field for 10 or 15 years being told that the way in which they teach history is no longer appropriate, even though they're teaching the real, honest, authentic history to kids. And many of them, especially those in same-sex relationships, can't be speaking about their spouses in front of students at this point in time. So imagine what it must feel like to be in an industry as an expert and be told that your professional expertise is no longer valued. Uh, yeah, definitely. So with all that said, what are these states doing right now? Because, I mean, school needs to continue. 
Yeah. So what we're seeing is many, many principals, and I applaud principals and superintendents across the country. They are between a rock and a hard place trying to identify how to staff schools and staff them with really quality, profession-ready educators so that every kid has a high-quality education. And they're doing that in lots of different ways with different strategies. So, for example, in some cases, we're looking at um, superintendents and principals working with their ed prep programs, um, local universities who prepare teachers to talk about paraprofessional pipelines. Let's get those five- and ten-year paraprofessionals or student teachers and student aides into uh, these courses that will help prepare them to become teachers, quality, profession-ready educators in classrooms, and do that through tuition support or residency programs. And then those teachers come back and serve the community that they've been serving for many years for additional time just yeah. at the helm of that classroom. Well, I also can't help how much safety plays a huge part of this conversation as well. I mean, there's been so many difficult conversations about gun regulated uh, regulations and putting teachers in positions of having to protect themselves and the students. I could assume that that is, plays a huge part of this shift that we're seeing. I mean, overall, more than 44% of new teachers leave the profession within five years. Yeah, it's incredible. That that number is staggering. It has increased over time, but we've always seen high turnover in the first few years of teaching. It's an incredibly difficult job. Now, I cannot discount how school violence and safety plays a part in a teacher's decision to stay and be retained or to con- or to leave and discontinue the profession. We don't have data that suggests that teachers are leaving over this, but we have anecdotal data mm-hmm. from colleagues across the country that are indicating absolutely when we are not regulating and legislating uh, gun safety and uh, gun control, then teachers feel the need to question whether or not their safety is at the helm of, you know, the local community or if they have to take it into their own hands. Oh, my God. Where do you think this will all go? Well, you know what? I really think that right now, as we consider every family in America trying to figure out who's going to be teaching their student, the question becomes, Is your school not just staffed, right? Do you have all the teachers that you need? But the question really is, are the teachers in your classrooms profession ready and of high quality? Mm. We can have loads of professional and emergency licensed teachers in classrooms, people without bachelor's degrees, for example, in classrooms, but that does not qualify them to educate your child. So I always encourage families and community members to talk with principals and superintendents, collaborate on what it looks like to support them in the staffing shortages right now. Think about tutors, think about wraparound services, how can the community get involved, and then work collectively with their ed prep providers so that not only are we recruiting into the profession, but really we're retaining those who want to be there. Yep. We need something more sustainable than what's happening. That was Jackie Rodriguez, Vice President, Research Policy and Advocacy at American Association of Colleges for Teacher Education. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, you all. Take care. You too. Now, Trump's former CFO pled guilty in the tax fraud case. What does this mean for Trump? Well, all I have to say is, girl, you in trouble, honey. You in danger. That's up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so every day there seems to be a new scandal surrounding former President Donald Trump. This time, it's the former chief financial officer of the Trump Organization, Alan Weiselberg, who just pled guilty uh, today to his role in a 15-year-long tax fraud scheme. Joining us to break all this down is Drexel Hurd, political strategist. Thank you so much for being here. Always glad to be back. Hello, Tebow. Yes, it's another beautiful day in the criminal neighborhood. 
uh, uh, Criminal Thursday. <laughs> okay, so this is quite interesting because not only did Allen plead guilty, but he also agreed to testify against Donald Trump's real estate company at trial. Talk to us of what this means, I guess, politically right now with everything that we've been seeing going on. So, uh, the former CFO Weiselberg, you know, pleaded guilty to fifteen, a fifteen count felony, basically. So, and and what you just said was, you know, he agreed to. I don't think he necessarily had a choice to agree uh, to testify <laughs> at the next trial because, you know, the deal was either he testifies um, and gets five months in prison, or he doesn't testify and he gets fifteen years in prison. Uh, and so uh, the judge and, and New York Attorney General um, uh, Letitia James basically said, look, you're going to do this. You're going to testify. And the judge even said, you're, you need to testify truthfully as to what happened during your time as CFO and any criminal activity that happened at the Trump organization during that time. Uh, so, uh, so that is a huge uh, blow to the Trump organization right now. Because that's just going to crack some things wide open that I don't think that Donald Trump and his associates had been expecting. Yeah, so with that, do you think they're going to just push back that he was protecting himself and fight back that none of what he's saying? I feel like it's always said that, like, oh, they're just lying. It's a witch hunt, etc. Are we going to get the information that we're looking for at this point? Is this the final moment where Trump and his organization are being cornered? I, they are definitely being cornered right now. The, and, and, of course, the Trump organization is going to say, you know, the same thing that, that Donald Trump said about Michael Cohen and any other past associate uh, who has been criminally charged that Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. He didn't know. Yeah. But this is the CFO of a large – this is the CFO who basically is, uh, you know, that close to Donald Trump, who's the head of the organization. Uh, and this could implicate any, many of the kids as well, you know, who were a part of that. And so the question is going to be how far down the Trump line yeah. does this go? Uh, and, it, and, and, and the attorney general uh, has been very uh, methodical in her way uh, about going about this case uh, because it is a high-profile case. It's not just about tax fraud. It is about the criminal conspiracy uh, that is and has been coming out of the Trump organization for years. And not like on top of everything that's happening with this, you know, a judge did just say during a hearing at the West Palm Beach courthouse that he was planning to unseal portions of the affidavit, which is sought by various media outlets, you know, about the Mar-a-Lago search. And I'm just wondering at this point, I feel like we all wondering Will Trump get actually locked? I mean, not locked up, but you know, you know, is there going to be some accountability <laughs> mm-hmm. here? Because it just feels like no matter what he's doing, it's like, oh, well, we're still so unsure. Well, Donald Trump could be charged with, you know, the Espionage Act for removing classified documents from the White House. He can go out there and say all day that he had the authority to declassify uh, certain documents, but there's a process to declassify documents. He can't just kind of wave his hand like he thinks he does over a document and then it gets declassified. That's not how it works. And he certainly doesn't have the authority, even as President of the United States, to declassify nuclear documents, which is a part of uh, part of that, uh, what they were probably looking for as well. But the judge today said that the government has to um, unseal the affidavit, but it, that it can also be redacted. So we might just get a whole redacted affidavit with just a page number. Mm. 
So they don't actually have to provide the, 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 the judge didn't put a stipulation on how much information, but it very well could just be like, hey, here's just a lot of black lines and Donald Trump's name. Or the government can redact out, you know, very specific things they need for the trial that they're pushing for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also throwing the book at Donald Trump by saying, no, you're actually lying about X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. about the things that we actually took, and here's why. And I think that they're probably in a better position to do that. Um, uh, but also Mayor Garland has been very careful, and the FBI certainly has been very careful about what that looks like. Well, all right, Drexel Hurd, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you for breaking this down. Anytime. It's messy, but I love it. Thank you so much for being here. What's coming up next, year? Nudging. We all do it. But how does it actually impact our lives and relationships? We'll nudge you about that later. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There's this thing called nudging, and at first, when we were going to talk about this, I thought nudging like, I'm nudging you, like I'm bothering you, like I'm pinging you, hitting you up. That's a form of it. It it is, but this has actually been used by marketers and policymakers for a long time in in ways that they create kind of subliminal messaging, subconscious messaging that help uh, you get to a result that they want you to get. So examples of that could be, and this sounds really crazy, one of it was... um, in spaces like urinals, right? They noticed that a lot of uh, specifically uh, people that were going into the quote-unquote male bathroom were using, um, they were going everywhere. And it helped having like a target what for them to going put... everywhere? Can you be a little more clear <laughs> like, about no. going everywhere? So they put like a fake, um, a fake uh, fly, like so a target so that people would target and then it stopped it go from going everywhere uh-huh. or to decrease energy cons- consumption. They basically showed people what their neighbors were consuming to show them that they were consuming a lot more to get their energy use lower. Yeah. But then that could work ag- also against p- you because people who were actually had low energy use started realizing that they were a lot lower than their neighbors and they should be maybe using more. So, so I just, it's I very just was, fascinating. I was talking to a friend uh, whose uh, fiance is a impact producer and basically he works with like storytellers and like networks and movies to make sure like even in movies like in like the scripts that somehow these folks like directors or screenwriters are implementing ways to that just small little things that can impact like climate change getting people to think differently about climate change so if they see a character who is like recycling more and they're like with their friends it has you like leaving the film or leaving that area thinking about oh maybe I should do more about it top of mind yeah so it's like this weird kind of nudging that happens through this art form which is another marketing tool that can have you like I guess not consciously thinking about like changing the way that you do things. So here's the thing: like, imagine, yeah, you want uh, to eat healthier, your family to eat healthier, right? Yeah. So you might say, like, put a bunch of fruit out on the table, or even in the kitchen, like at work. That feels passive aggressive, though. So what's the difference between nudging and being a <laughs> passive aggressive? That just sounds like just call me like you just say I'm, I I eat anything and I'm fat and I'm all these disgusting words that you want to just actually just say it to my face. Oh my god! I mean. I guess, yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's a funny thing. I'm laughing at you know, that. That's what I say. What's the difference? Yeah, like imagine a, a poster, a, a poster in your in your uh, employment place. You're like, oh, you're a bunch of lazy f's mofos. You could have sent that in the email. <laughs> you're a bunch of lazy <laughs> lazy folks. I'm gonna make sure you eat and drink healthy. I'm gonna put a bunch of water out there. It might be passive aggressive. It also is helpful. Nah, so just depends on how you look at it. 
Well, coming up next, uh, more of what's trending and what Kanye had to say to his critics after his new Yeezy line was getting some attention. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Okay, so we're back for another top of the hour news. Of course, you know, the show is going to go on, honey. And of course, there's always going to be some amazing music here on Channel Q 24-7. So stick around for that. Now, here's what's coming up this hour. We've talked about how the Inflation Reduction Act will affect our wallets. But what about the climate? That's in 15. Then new COVID vaccines are rolling out in attempt to block variants like Omicron. But should you be getting your booster yet? So much to unpack here. We are going to dive right into it, of course. Now, let's get into, I guess, our top of the hour news. So the libs of TikTok said their account was suspended by Facebook after staffers at Boston's Children's Hospital reportedly got threats following a post that alleged the uh, hospital was providing hysterectomies to minors. People are now calling on Twitter to take action and um, basically... Um, They are suspending their account considering how many of of their harmful posts are shared there. This is wild. (laughs) I really can't believe it. Um, Wait a minute. So next, I mean, let's go into the next thing because that's a little, oh, that's intense. I mean, honestly, I'm happy that Facebook is banned libs of TikTok because it can be a little bit intense. Um, Now, the National Organization for Marriage is running a television ad against Senator Ron Johnson to pressure him to oppose the Respect for Marriage Act after last month. He said he wouldn't oppose it. Here is the ad. I'm pulling it up. You got to give me some time. What, Shira? Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I just had gone out. Now, of course I had to go to the here. bathroom and okay, I didn't... Okay, so we are back with some breaking news. <laughs> What is going on? I don't know. Move on. We don't have that. All right. Well, let's move on to this story. And thank you for... uh, Yeah, move on to the next story. Thank you for that, Ryan. 
Two Southern historically black colleges will receive millions of dollars from Gilead Sciences to address the HIV epidemic in the region, which has become the epicenter of the virus in the U.S. Gilead announced $4.5 million for programs at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Xavier University of Louisiana in New Orleans to address structural barriers black people face in getting HIV testing, treatment, and ongoing care. And I really appreciate what they're doing because they're also doing a lot for monkeypox where they funded a bunch of organizations to provide more education and resources around getting to different communities. I know, right? So like, yeah, there I keep every week there's a new new announcement about what they're doing. I appreciate it. Keep it keep on going, keep doing the right stuff. That was what's trending this hour, what's happening in entertainment news. So Kanye West is defending what many have deemed a trash bag clothing display as his easy gap line hits stores around the country. So Basically, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but yes, Kanye West decided that he's going to sell his new clothes out of trash bags in the middle of a Gap store. And that it was just, you know, people can just dig and the clothing is displayed in these large bags for customers to basically go through and find their sizes. And many have compared the bags to trash bags. Now, he was basically, um, he decided to pop up on Fox News in a quick interview from the Gap location in Times Square where Basically, he was asked if he understood why some have criticized that the clothing displays um, were insensitive, you know, to the homeless. And here's what he had to say. Look, man, I'm an innovator and I'm not here to sit up and apologize about my ideas. That's exactly what the media tries to do. Make us apologize for any idea that doesn't fall under exactly the way they want us to think. I mean, regardless of what people think, um, you know, the displays of clothing has still kind of been wildly popular and actually selling out in multiple uh, locations. Uh, People are like literally digging through it. He states that this is not a joke. This is not a game. This is not just a celebrity collaboration. This is my life. I'm fighting for a position to be able to change clothing and bring the best design to the people. My thing is, that's what he's doing. Then why would he put it in like trash bags? I just don't understand that. It seems like it, it gives me the vibe of when you go to flea market or secondhand stores in a way. Yeah, where but that's it, acceptable that vibe. there. I just don't know if it's acceptable in the middle well, of Well, it disrupts. It, yeah, it just, he's disrupting the system. He was quick to point out that the bags weren't trash bags. They were large construction bags. Whatever that means. <laughs> You know what I mean? This just looks like what it looks like in my bedroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like home sweet home. <laughs> I can most definitely see that. But that is your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Next up, the Inflation Reduction Act pledges to fight climate change. But how much can it do to actually help? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Of course, we know President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law at the White House Tuesday. It feels like forever ago. No. Just, just, Tuesday feels like a long time ago. Oh for my some God, reason. it does, actually. And of course, saying in this very powerful statement, this bill is the biggest step forward on climate ever. Ever. He said ever twice. Joining us right now is Rebecca Lieber, senior reporter covering climate at Vox. Thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so is this really the biggest thing the U.S. has done for climate? And then we got to get into, like, the nitty-gritty, how it's actually going to work. It definitely is as far as Congress goes, but let's just keep in mind that's not saying very much. Congress has not taken action on climate change for decades. So this is the U.S.'s first law that 
actually addresses the full scope of climate change pollution. Uh, that's nearly $370 billion for things like clean energy and electric vehicles. But let's just remember that this isn't enough to tackle the crisis, to fully fix anything. So uh, it's just a start. Well, yeah, especially when you have someone like Manchin who is intending to introduce a whole separate bill. Can you talk about that and how it would it can possibly further mess up anything that, you know, this act is already could possibly do? Yeah, let's remember that the law that Biden signed this week reflects a compromise. This is not everything that climate change advocates hoped for. And this is already reflecting some severely compromised solutions, less money for all kinds of clean energy priorities, and also a few giveaways to fossil fuels. Now, there's a second bill that Manchin secured in a side deal to get his support for this. And That is uh, still not a sure thing. They have to go through the entire Senate process for that separate permitting bill that would make it easier for fossil fuels to build infrastructure like pipelines. But that bill would require 60 votes in the Senate. So it's definitely not a sure thing that that's going to get through. So, yeah, let's be realistic here. How many jobs can can be created here? And also, do you think we're going to be, uh, you know, a a winner when it comes to climate jobs. It seems like we're behind as it relates to the economy in that way. Yeah, potentially this is a really big game changer for the domestic clean energy industry, partly because the U.S. government is finally securing tax breaks and incentives for over a decade. The industry has not had that kind of certainty and that longevity before because they're always on the cusp of expiring on for these tax credits. So that's one reason that we could expect the industry to grow. But there's also funding for things like training for contractors to install energy efficiency appliances. There is more incentive for American manufacturers to produce and to uh, use more American-made materials in things like electric vehicles. There is money to increase heat pump manufacturing in the U.S. So what Biden was trying to do initially with with, uh, this kind of vision of an encompassing bill is to, to have this help U.S. manufacturing and industry at the same time it tackles climate change. And a lot of this will be in the implementation, but they're certainly trying to do this job here. And I guess as we wrap up here, I can't help but think about, once again, kind of going back to Manchin and like just politicians who have uh, ties to a lot of the things that are so like anti-climate change. And so I wonder what that really means as far as a big picture, because it seems like we really can't do much or they can't really do much unless everyone is on board, including even constituents. Yeah. Let's keep in mind that this uh, was just Democrats who passed this. Republicans did not vote for this bill. So this is already a a very partisan polarized issue. And, um, but I think it's important to keep in mind that things like clean energy aren't actually that partisan. We do see places that have historically been relying on coal adopting things like solar panels. And and this is happening in Manchin's own home state. So the writing is on the wall here that clean energy is the future for the American economy. 
And I think even though we do have this heavily compromised law and the chances of another bill going through that helps the fossil fuel industry, this does mean some big changes ahead for clean energy. All right. Well, that was Rebecca Lieber, senior reporting uh, reporter covering climate at Vox. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, let's talk about COVID, because when will it be time for another COVID booster? We're going to dive in because here is what some experts are thinking up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So, you know, there's so many many conversations around COVID-19, but the latest news is saying that there are some new formulas that we should Mm. be aware of. And, of course, when we're talking about booster shots, we have to stay up to date and know if we should be getting a new one or if we should be, you know, just kind of waiting for more availability of these new formulas. Well, joining us to break all this down is Dr. Peter Chin Hong, professor of medicine and infectious disease specialist at UC. SF School of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Ryan. Hello, Shira. Hi. Now, okay, break this down because I'm wanting to know, obviously, people who are up today who have their booster shots, what's new about the conversation now? The new thing about the conversation is that it's a new and improved formula. We haven't updated the vaccine for two years, and COVID has changed a lot, as people know. The spike proteins look so different that our antibodies don't do a great job of stopping the enemy at the front gate. Although they do a great job once the enemy gets inside the body and it kicks it out, meaning that people are really well protected against going to the hospital when they're up to date on vaccines. But as everyone knows, not so good at preventing that breakthrough infection. Yeah, definitely. So 
when should we be expected to take these now? Is this going to be a nationwide push? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we're expecting the new and improved boosters to be available in the middle of September. It was going to be the end of October, early November, but I think they got uh, some incentives to maybe get that timeline done earlier. And what it means is that we have the old formula available now for people, and they is likely going to be something new in mid-September. We're not 100% sure. So the advice is if you're eligible for the booster, particularly if you're older, immune compromised, um, you should go ahead and get it right now because now is now. And, you know, later, you know, who knows how much of the population will be eligible for it, although we hope at least over 12. And do we know how, especially for folks who are getting the monkeypox vaccine, do we know how that interacts with this new formula or this, you know, like how, because it is a lot of, it feels like a lot of vaccines going in your body at once. I know, I know it, it could be tough. I mean, in general, uh, it's safe to get them both on different arms uh, at the same time. But if you can, you know, uh, wing it, you should probably get them on different days so that, you know, you don't have like two sore arms going around. I would say getting both vaccines, uh, they were pretty well tolerated, the monkeypox vaccine was maybe a little bit, gave me a little bit more of a sore arm. And, uh, you know, the COVID vaccine seemed pretty even easier to get for me. So are you saying for like the fall, it's kind of like flu season, like we should be doing this, like right before the holiday season? Yes. I mean, that is for sure the fact that winter is coming. And with winter, it means that people are getting together in closer indoor quarters. And we expect that there'll be more virus around so I think part of the reason for having this available in mid-September is that people can go ahead and protect themselves against the winter viruses, including influenza. In the future, uh, and people are already working on this, they're going to combine the booster and the flu shot into one. So it'll be like one-stop shopping. All right. Well, thank you so much for always keeping us updated. This is really good. Um, information that we all need to know. Dr. Peter Chin Hong, professor of medicine and an infectious disease specialist. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Ryan and Shira. Thank you. Well, next up, you've heard of red flags and even pink flags in relationships, but what about beige flags? We're talking about it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we've talked about red flags, pink, pink flags in life and relationships. Well, What's now, a pink flag? I don't remember that one. I guess it's in between. Yeah, I would it's say like not too okay. bad, but kind of bad. Kind of bad. So now, though, uh, there are beige flags. Which that <laughs> sounds like more in between. Yeah, I don't know. We come up with a buzzword for everything these days. So <laughs> beige flags are signs on a dating app. I think life at large, you know. Uh, but it, when it comes to dating apps, this is according to this Mashable article, that someone hasn't put much effort into their dating profile. It means that the conversation oh, and potential date that might yeah. follow could also be dull and unsuccessful. I hate that. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves when someone on their profile literally doesn't say anything. I'm just like, girl, what are you on here for? One, your pictures suck, and then two, you don't got nothing to say. Then what? What? what you're not. You're literally telling people you're not a catch. Yeah, is this like a sign of who they are? Actually, yeah, like there's. You just got tired of, and some people will just say on their uh, on their bios, being like, I don't know, I don't, I'm not really good at these. Just just message me. 
So you want me to like hold most of the conversation <laughs> and interview you? This ain't Oprah. So you don't <laughs> like so what? You don't feel it's intriguing? No, I find that to be lazy. And like, like, where does that show up in other parts of your life? Oh, well, yeah. This person says, according to this article, that beige flags. Um, also, just in general, are like something about whether chocolate belongs in the fridge or the cupboard. Then them saying that they'll probably love their dog more than you or lots of gym selfies and references to the gym are typically beige flags. I did have a food related thing on my bio for a minute. Like what? I was asking people what their favorite uh, Pop-Tart flavor was. Oh, that's cute. But I found I, I it to be like a, a fun trivia. A con- it was a conversation start. Yeah. But then I, I was it. like, but make sure you don't say it's strawberry because then I don't want to talk to you. Why? Isn't that like the only Pop-Tart flavor? No! (laughs) And it's the worst one. I guess we're not dating. No, we're not. (laughs) I actually used to love Pop-Tarts. I was into Pop-Tarts. I I think on my profile when I was single and I was on dating app for a moment, I said I loved pickles. But of course... But that sounds like you just love penis. (laughs) I actually do love pickles, though. I know, you, so, I know you love pickles, but you putting that on a dating app, people are going to be like, oh, she loves penis. Maybe that's why I got a lot of swipes. <laughs> but it didn't work out for them because someone else you I'm enjoying, someone else's I'm enjoying pickle. pickles with. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello, we are back, and we got more music coming up right here on Channel Q. And right now, we got some more show. We're here to inform and entertain you as well. We're going to be talking about setting boundaries coming up. <laughs> it's more than just saying no. That's in 15 minutes. What does that even mean? We'll tell you. Plus, why new- James Franco's new role is causing some controversy later on as well this hour. Let's get into some What's Trending This Hour headlines, though, right now. The Biden administration is hoping to prevent monkeypox spread by better educating and vaccinating LGBTQ plus people as part of a pilot program. State and local health jurisdictions in areas hosting pride events will receive a monkeypox vaccine boost as the Department of Health and Human Services unlocks 50,000 doses set aside from the strategic nation po- stockpile. So good news there. Mm-hmm. Moving on. They're doing what they need to do. Yes, exactly. Moving on to Wisconsin, the Kettle Moraine School Board in Wisconsin has banned staff from prohibiting or exhibiting, I mean, pride flags and listing their pronouns on emails if voted unanimously um, in favor of the policy. Basically, oh, they did. Sorry, not if. it. They did. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Board members claim it is not a new stance, but simply a clarification of the existing code of conduct, saying employees are forbidden from making political statements. Ay, ay, Saying your pronouns is not a political statement. It's just saying who you are. It's sharing your identity. So we can all respect each other and communicate Actually, it's better. it's just regular grammar. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's not a political statement. It's literally just English that your forefathers used. Anyway, finally, um, there's a clip that's been going viral of this Canadian politician swallowing a bee. Uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford swallowed a bee in the middle of a press conference. Here's the moment. Oh, we're going to hear it. Now, it <gasps> Holy Christ. I just swallowed a bee. <laughs> Holy Christ. I knew that little bugger. Oh. Holy Christ. He's, he's wedged in my throat. Sorry, guys. A little bugger got away in there. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm okay. He's buzzing in there. Man, he went right down the hatch. Okay, guys. <laughs> I know. This is a classic, okay? <laughs> Oh, God, I think I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God. Wouldn't the bee have stung him? 
I don't know what happened. You know, he bees, did promise to go to the hospital. Oh my god! This happened. You know, bees, at, yeah. When they get stressed out, they automatically sting. But if you have a bee sting, I feel you, like I'm gonna have die. like some sort of. I'm like thinking about it now. That bee was like, I'm not about to risk my last little. <laughs> okay, you didn't swallow the bee. <laughs> Relax. It's just the thing, the thought of it, literally <laughs> makes <laughs> me. <laughs> Holy Christ! I just swallowed the bee. Christ, I knew that little bugger. But you see, Canadians are so Holy nice Christ, in the way they do it. Oh, sure, yes. that man's like two seconds away from like dying. <laughs> he's like, oh, that little bugger. I know. <laughs> so we are in Canada. We're nice to animals, even when they go in our mouths oh, and our throats. Oh my God, that is. That was, uh, by the way, that was a video. It was posted today by outlets like ABC News, but it did happen, I believe, earlier this week or last week. Oh my God, that is so funny. That is actually really funny. Yes, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Oh, my God. If you are a Selling Sunset fan, there is some literal changes that probably will disappoint you happening. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. I don't know about y'all, but I am disappointed because I love Selling Sunset on Netflix. It's one of my favorite, favorite little reality shows. Christine Quinn, the, the, uh, the queen bee. You know, my favorite, she's officially leaving the show after appearing on five seasons. Uh, multiple sources confirm that Quint's exit basically um, is she's basically ready to move to bigger and better things. Uh, Christine knew this day would come according to sources. She's proud of the work she's put into making Selling Sunset a success, but she could see herself phasing out of the cast even before she began filming season four and five. Um, this source also adds that her goals are far bigger than playing a villain on an ensemble reality series. She can't wait to start the next chapter of her career and show the world mm. who she truly is. I love her. Really? What do you like about her? Well, I love that she's she's such a great villain. It takes talent to be a really good villain. And then also she's a fashion girl. And I got like I actually saw her. Um, I think she was at this most recent um, MTV TV Movie Awards unscripted. I can't remember. Maybe she wasn't. But, like, I am just really a fan of hers. I think she carries the show. No. And it's going to be sad to see her not there. She is, um, she was the villain, you know? And that can what does be it big... mean to be a villain on that show? Just a B-word? Yeah. But she came with the looks. She came with, like, the, the boss girl attitude. And I kind of really enjoyed it. Hmm. I really did. It's really difficult to be a good villain, but then also still find ways to, like, have the audience like you. And yeah. the audience liked her. Hmm. They just, you know, she was a B-word. I need to watch some of her interviews to hear her talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's really sad, though. That's your T-Report. I thought I would throw in a little TV reality news. Yeah, it's a big show. Big enough show, I feel, at this point. You know, me and my boyfriend know someone who's going to be on... I think Selling Sunset or a new version of it on Netflix. Yeah, the Orange County one. Not Orange County. I think it might be a new addition to Selling Sunset. He's our friend and just saying, you know, maybe. There's two things happening here. You know what I mean? There's a new reality Netflix show that is a real estate that's Mauricio. Yeah. And then there's uh, Selling Sunset. They do have an OC office that they're opening up. You can't text now. We're running out of time, Sherry. It's not right, fine. Of... That's your team report. I was report. trying to break the news. No one, no. <laughs> All right, after this, setting boundaries are a key part of healthy relationships, but there's more to it than just saying no. We're getting into it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We talk a lot about boundaries these days, but, you know, it's more than just saying no. 
Boundaries are a way to value yourself and they don't have to be scary. And so there's a book out right now called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And there's this really great article in Vox.com where they talk to the author. So we thought we'd use this as a jumping off point to talk about boundaries. Oh. So I guess, what do boundaries first before we get more into her theory around it and not just saying no? What are your thoughts on boundaries and how have you been setting boundaries for yourself these days, Ryan? You know, setting boundaries for me is something that I'm constantly working on. I think it's a constant shift because as you evolve, as you change, uh, boundaries change as well. They shift. They are just like you in your evolution. And so for me, boundaries um, now... I think I'm still figuring it out, uh, and I think I categorize it from a personal boundary to a professional boundary, um, and I think those two things are, t- they're two different things. Um, personal boundaries are like what I require in personal relationships, friendships, uh, what I'm figuring out, what I want in uh, future partners, and how that shows up for me, and then professional boundaries or like working with other people and like understanding how they communicate while also staying true to my feelings and staying valid well true to you know how I'm feeling about a certain situation not feeling like I have to um necessarily kind of tone down or shift or switch certain things that doesn't feel true to me that makes me uncomfortable I think right I think boundaries are all about setting up space for yourself Mm -hmm. where you don't go into a negative space it's Mm -hmm. boundaries are there so you can keep your damn peace that is true but in setting boundaries or learning what that means for yourself and others how you you figure out your balance before you go into therapy no I want to just say this because it came up and I need to share before I forget okay because I will forget (laughs) Um, and I already did no um you uh, sometimes in doing that, it can be not peaceful and comfortable because we're shifting and learning, right? And like understanding how we relate to others and what that means to us and others. So it can lead, I think, as we figure out how to do it in a healthy way, it can lead to a lot of peace. But I think in the midst of it, there's a lot of messiness that can happen, and that's okay. Well, and I there's think, a lot of messiness. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I think. If you are setting clear boundaries, that means your boundaries have have kept you protected from that mess. And if there's mess, that means that's happening on the other meant, side, and that's how people are reacting to your set, you setting your boundaries. I think that's what the mess is. Oh, I meant that happens too. I meant the messiness is like sometimes you might not know how to fully communicate it, even though you are quote unquote setting your boundaries. Like the intention oh. is, yeah, communication yeah, is huge part because of it. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. it's messy because you're learning what that means and how to get it out there, and mm-hmm. um, in in establishing all that because a lot of us haven't been taught that. How do you establish boundaries? What are you like? How I think have... fully being myself. Oh God. <laughs> no, I think that uh, yeah, I mean, in intimate relationships, setting my boundaries was fully. Uh, speaking my truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that might be weird to say how I set my boundaries. It meant that if um, if a person wasn't right for me, they would probably not want to continue dating me because I kind of set up who I actually was mm-hmm. instead of pretending I'm someone who I'm not or keeping who I am away from them, right? Yeah. Like keeping certain, and of course you don't need to be like, share all your secrets or be completely honest mm-hmm. the first date, right? In that way. Yeah. But because I maybe wasn't showing up fully as I am or, or not sharing certain parts of me, you're kind of censoring yourself. 
you're stopping yourself from learning who's actually the right person for you and the wrong person for you, right? There's a bit of that. Um, And then I think similarly in my work relationships, because of wanting to get validation or wanting to get the jobs, we tend to shape shift, right? And be chameleons, which you could say we've done that out of survival, but that might lead you into even work relationships that are not the right thing because you just like played into a character to Mm -hmm. get close to it. Mm-hmm. And that's not really who you are. And then you get the job or you end up in a certain situation. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I continue not to like this. This doesn't feel good. It's because you pretended you were someone else to get it. Well, and I think that's you know what, what I mean. That, so like, and that's so, so interesting because I think that's something that I'm cu- uh, currently working on in uh, therapy with in resetting my boundaries and figuring out how the in the ways where you're like trying to show up and this is just me thinking about like kind of like dating right mm. and 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 showing up and like as your full entire self a lot of times the reason why folks can't do that is because their boundaries are so out of whack that they they've lost contact with who they actually are and Oof, i think that for yes. me has literally happened where i'm like oh i got to actually like relearn who i am so that means why i can't actually be available to show that to someone exactly it you know all I mean? starts with you, definitely. And then you, by by you showing up for yourself and seeing how other people are showing up for themselves, you start kind of respecting and having compassion for that. Yeah. Whether, by the way, you quote unquote like them or not, agree with them or not, you kind of could see it from a bit more of a bird's eye view. Yeah. Because you see what they're doing and yeah. you respect that and you value it. Even if it doesn't align, you go, you know what? Maybe I'm into this, maybe I'm not, but like, I see what you're doing. And with that, this might work or might not work. Yeah, and that's how, okay. How can you really re- like set your boundaries if you don't know like what bo- actually really kind of Well, a like lot of people um, create a boundary thing it, when it's really just a power play or control. Mm, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they mistake it for that. So that. That's more so rooted in like an ego. Ego or, or fear. Mm, okay. I can see that. Yep. I can see the fear. Well, uh, what do you mean the fear? Fear of... Um, not being understood, not quote unquote winning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what someone else might think, what someone else might do. Judgment, ulterior motives. Yeah, the exactly. Oh, okay. The stories we tell ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we say, "This is my boundary," and you're like, "Is that a boundary, or are you just trying to control the situation?" <laughs> Which is kind of so anyway. Like, there's a gray area. That said. I love what this author says in terms of it's not just about saying no or like there is consent. You know, we talk about consent and boundaries like don't touch me like that. It's important. Yeah. Don't go in my physical, my personal space. I don't like that. Don't touch my hair. You know, like um, also when you mispronounce someone's name or mislabel someone, setting your boundary with pronouns, yeah. your pronunciation of your name. That is a boundary. That's saying like this is how I want you to call me and, you know, etc. Um, it could be that or... Just setting your boundaries like, hey, I'm a vegetarian vegan and you're respecting that. So you're helping someone like if you're, order, you know, choosing a reservation for everyone. I'm, well, don't expect that with me. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, recently it was announced that James Franco was cast to play Fidel Castro in a new independent film, leaving actors of color to wonder, are there ever going to be any characters left for them? Seriously. Mm. Well, here to talk about Hollywood's perpetual blind spot is Ed Morales, journalist, author, and professor. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me on the program. No, most definitely. You know, it's so interesting because it seems like no matter all of the conversations about inclusivity and diversity, we still find ourselves landing here. What were your thoughts when this news kind of came out? Let's start there. 
Well, you know, it's kind of typical. Uh, often these decisions are made for the bottom line, and it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, James Franco is like the big box office name, and uh, producers probably made a determination that uh, he would attract more people at the box office. And But the problem is that um, there aren't enough uh, bankable, marketable um stars in the Hollywood star system that are Latino and it's often because they don't get a chance in the first place. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, it feels like they could have found someone who was Latino if they really Of course tried. they could have. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? It's like there's obviously an issue here unless this is completely an indie film and yeah, he just got in and uh, it seems like he wants to make a name again for himself after this whole uh, his scandal. scandal. So maybe this is yeah, his right. quote-unquote Oscar-winning moment, even though now he's created more <laughs> of a scandal again. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, to be somewhat fair, um, the two screenwriters um, are people that I've interviewed, Nilo Cruz and Jose Rivera, who are Cuban and Puerto Rican, uh, respectively. And uh, they've done, they're really talented screenwriters. And then most of the rest of the cast uh, is Latino. But, of course, you know, the lead actor is is so important about uh, projecting, you know, really connecting with the audience. And so it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it really is, because this also brings up um, a term uh, that is many referred to as brownface, or the practice of using white American actors to portray U.S.-born Latinx or Latin Americans. And... I, you know, a lot of things, there was a lot of conversation around colorism when it came to West Side Story. And I just wonder how do we continue to highlight these things, but also push for the industry to change as a whole? Or is it ever going, are we going to see that in modern times right now? It doesn't feel like we are. It yeah. feels like we're just continuously having the same combos. Yeah. Well, uh, there are things that I didn't like about West Side Story, but they did make a concerted effort to change the portrayal of Puerto Ricans in the movie. And then, of course, you had Ariana Bose, who uh, won the Academy Award and is, um, is black, uh, Latina, and also openly queer. And so that was a bit of a step uh, forward. You know, my problem is that, you know, it's still this sort of uh, brings up uh, the images of uh, stereotyping and uh, now here, this is a really, you know, what's different about this uh, Fidel Castro thing is that um, we're not talking about urban Americans. You know, we're talking about a historical figure. Um, and in a strange way, um, Fidel Castro, uh, he came from a fairly well-off uh, family of Spanish immigrants. And so some ways, it's not that far off from James Franco's uh, life experience, but What's really bad about it, I think, is that, you know, James Franco, I'm sure, is not fluent in Spanish. And there's a lot of there's a lot about the Latin American culture that uh, white American actors can access and really portray, um, you know, in an authentic way. Well, yeah. And then the fact that he'll need to put on an accent to play it there's right. some, there, there could be problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing to remember, too, is that it's based on a memoir by uh, his uh, daughter who um, rejected uh, the, you know, the system of government in, in Cuba. So I don't know how big that part is going to be. And it's also probably not going to make Fidel Castro look very good at that role. Yeah. So maybe they did it on purpose. Yeah. 
my God. Well, thank but, you. Um, but that's a... You know, there's still a lot of problems, you know, as they talk about in the article, you know, the, the big problem is that the percentage of uh, lead roles is is way below uh, the percentage of Latinos in the population. And that's always the way that we measure um, a problem of representation and mm -hmm. entertainment. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Sure. Really appreciate it. Ed Morales, oh, yeah. journalist, author, and professor. And then also, you have a book that you wrote. You're the author of Fantasy Island. And, oh, is that you? You you have a book, right? Yes, that's it. Yes, I wanted to make <laughs> also, sure. It's right there if you Google. I, I wanted to make sure. Also Latinx, the, the new force in American politics and culture. Yeah. Beautiful. I always like right. to make sure I have Congrats. the right information. That book yeah. is called Fantasy Island, uh, Colonialism, Exploitation, and the Betrayal of Puerto Rico. Check it out. That's right. Please. Thank you. Check it out. Of course. Anytime. I hope you all, uh, <laughs> hope you all have fun reading those, too. Yeah, thank you. You sound like a cool professor. I know, right? I like him. Yep. Well, next up, our world is getting increasingly noisier. How silence could actually help you and how to get more of it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. In our noisy world, silence is more important than ever before. But the question is, how do you tap into silence when there's so much going on? <laughs> That's silence. In that? That's silence, right? I actually, here's the thing. As I get older, not to use the age card, the O card. You, the way the that you card. use the age card, you are probably convincing everyone that you're 65. And as you're I mature or and 65 evolve. Is you know, here's the thing. Either. It's not even about age. I would say I'll 85. I'll add, as I, <laughs> as I mature and evolve, I actually really appreciate silence more than ever before. And <laughs> like, yeah, this is distracting. <laughs> Because this is what you hear when you hear silence. No, actually, there is nothing. Although I do love this sound. This is actually one of my favorite sounds to fall asleep it's to like or a wake up app. to. Exactly. I love waking up to, and I guess this isn't silence, but like rain or just hearing like the wind well, or the water. That's the thing. The I ocean. feel like that is silence because it's, it's, your, it's outside of the environment that you're normally in. You're in the environment of just Mother Nature and the world, you know? Like there's a silence. It's in like that. there's not people asking me a question, there's not pings. And you it's don't all, like, like silence here. I just realized that. Which is funny. We I, sit here in this studio and we could just be working and getting prepared for the show. And then you'll hear Sheer like, ah. Well, that's just me expressing myself. And it's because you want, you don't know how to sit in the silence. Uh, well, we'll see what a doctor says one day. <laughs> but, uh, but no, here's the thing is, uh, yeah, you're right. I can only work, like I can't work in silence. Like I, if I'm doing work, I need to ha be around kind of the, um, the noise, the white noise. Right, so it, yeah. it, it's like, like a we work type of thing. You need to be in the community or like of others. Like a coffee while shop. Yeah. No, I don't want people talking to me. Oh, okay. No, 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 okay, no, no, okay, no. Okay. And I can't have music playing in the background with words. I just literally wow. need a beat. Or like I used to do my work at college with um, in the laundry room because I like the sound of the. Really? Yes. It's only like white noise. I can't have the oh, specific wow. noise. I can't oh, have. so it's only white noise. Why well, gotta be white? <laughs> So anyway, let's go back to uh, there's the neuroscientists have discovered that certain kinds of quiet can improve our mental and physical health. This is why, like at night when I'm going to bed, you know, I might have like the sound healing, the sound bowls. I can't go to bed with like TV I or all that. I can't go to bed with that or music. sound bowls or things like that. That I, can't do I that. like. But um, also I when I wake up, I do not want to hear news. 
sports. Don't put on any music. Actually, in the morning, I really enjoy silence. Really? Yeah. See, for me, I think the way that I can like center myself is like I like having things in the background. Like you, ever since you've known me, you know I can like literally multitask. I know. I can do. I can I have like things I used in my to ear. Be able to do that. I can literally, and for me, that actually feels like comfortable. If I don't have like things kind of happening behind me, I get a little. I do get a little nervous in the silence. Yeah, because especially uh, when I'm by myself. But if I'm oh, with a group of people, then I'm all right. Silence with people is actually a bit nerve wracking. Silence with people, especially in friendships, that's how you know you have a good friend. If you can like, especially like long car rides, and y'all don't always have to talk, oh, yeah. or y'all don't always have to have something to talk about. Like, just being able to be silent with someone—that's how you know you have a good friend or a good partner. Yes, I, I knew at the beginning of my relationship with my boyfriend, we went on a road trip, like literally a month in, mm-hmm, which is and wild. it was so nerve wracking to me to be silent. And I, I started judging it like maybe we're not interested in each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe we're not into it. Blah, blah, blah. And now it's that's like. That's all you want. That's <laughs> like how things change. Shut up. Actually, be quiet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.